Good morning. Speak, friend, and enter the Bag End Book Club. I'm Nora, joined by M. Hi, I'm M. And on. Lord of the Rings, fucking good, dude. Uh, some of my yeah. favorite chapters in this, maybe probably my favorite chapters in this entire book this week. So, absolutely. I mentioned that my favorite scene in the books was coming up, mm-hmm. and it's the part where. Uh, the Witch King and Gandalf like stare at each other, and then Witch King's sword lights on fire. It's fucking sick. Yeah, Gandalf says, "You shall not pass again." <laughs> uh, he's right this but time. But that's after he passes. He like he's walked through the gates. Yeah. Um, that's oh, not no, mine. But... This chapter, so M doesn't have to yet again. Okay. <laughs> um. <sighs> These chapters are hard to summarize, but I will do my best. Mm-hmm. Um. Chapter four is, um, let me just get, let me just, like, open up the pages so I can look at them and refresh myself. Chapter four is the Siege of Gondor. Uh, it is a Pippin perspective chapter. Um, we see him following around, um, the Denethor, that's the guy's name. Um, he's being Denethor's, like, squire and, like, mostly just, like, hanging out denethor doesn't seem to ask him to do much um but denethor just like as the the siege of gondor begins you know the the forces of sauron you know show up outside gondor's door and are just going to try and like starve Minas Tirith. um and the mood in the whole city gets like worse and worse and worse um as this goes on um everybody's just feeling like shitty they're <laughs> yes, as Nora just reminded me, the the most metal thing ever happens, which is that the the forces of Sauron start catapulting the the severed heads of um, Gondor's forces back into Minas Tirith. Um, that does make it into the movie, and it's sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, we talked last time about the the like. Denethor as the sort of like embodiment of the people of Gondor and as the the people of Minas Tirith are like getting more and more scared and filled with dread um as the siege continues um that's kind of reflected in Denethor himself to where he hits this point where um oh I should say the other thing that's also happening is that he sends out Faramir to like you know try and stop the orcs but Faramir is like pretty grievously wounded and poisoned and uh like he's routed and his forces like bring him back but he's in a bad bad way what Um, happens when they're first showing up i don't know what happens when they're first showing up well the nazgul are chasing them yeah the nazgul are chasing them and gandalf comes out and shoots a beam attack at them. (laughs) (laughs) so um Right, so Denethor um, sees, like, you know, Faramir, and his heart is just filled with dread, and he decides, I'm just going to kill myself and my son before, you know, the forces of Sauron can break down our door um, and, and and kill us for me. And he, you know, people are like, Lord, what should we do? And like, he's like, I'll ask Gandalf. I don't even like that guy, but ask him. I don't fucking know. Leave me alone. And he goes, and he goes into like the tomb where the kings and the stewards are kept and he's gonna light himself and and faramir on fire um and what is that there's like a other meaning to that right 
I I don't know. Well, it's because it's the the heathen kings would burn themselves, whereas Gondor traditionally they bury their dead. Oh, okay, I missed. So that. this is like he's evoking this older practice from before. Huh. I missed that little detail. Times. Um. <clears throat> so. Also weird that there are heathens in a setting that explicitly has no like religion don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) anyway um he like he dismisses pippin and pippin's like no i'm gonna stay and um then he's like i'm gonna light myself on fire and pippin's like all right i'll leave i'm gonna go get gandalf (laughs) i need an adult (laughs) (laughs) um and pippin goes to look for gandalf um but gandalf is obviously engaged in battle he's staring down the witch king and um like the witch king is setting his sword on fire as as we previously mentioned cut to uh the next chapter um the ride of the rohirrim much shorter much easier to summarize the rohirrim ride to gondor <laughs> do they meet any cool guys along the way um oh, they meet some guys i your definition of coolness might vary depending on how you feel about depictions of like tribal peoples and fiction <laughs> Yeah, they, so we we meet the 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 quote unquote wild men, the which men. like Yes, thank you. Um, uh, I thought they were pretty cool. I I think they're neat and interesting. I think the way that like Tolkien portrays them as savages, and then also Rob Inglis as the narrator, like just sort of furthers that like quote unquote like savage depiction is. A little racist and not great, but um, I do think that the things these guys get up to is fun. I like that they just vanish. They're so good at, like, moving through this space that they live in that they're just fucking gone. You can't catch those guys. Yeah. But they they help out the Rohirrim because they're like, look, we don't really like the Rohirrim, but we really fucking hate orcs. Um, and point out a, like, secret path to get to Minas Tirith faster and... Um, <clears throat> We get a bunch of fun scenes of, of Theoden being kingly, and um, they get to Gondor, and I let me double check. Uh, yeah, the next chapter is the Battle of Pen- Pelennor. Yeah. Um, so, <sighs> sorry, I'm having trouble remembering when. Don't fucking rush <laughs> me! You asked me to summarize. I'm doing my I, best. I didn't... <laughs> That's fine. I didn't say anything. You could have asked me. This is why you asked me. (laughs) I wanted to give you a reprieve. I just listened to the audiobooks, and so I have a hard time, like, keeping something straight in my head. I wanted to give Emma totally reprieve. I love it. (laughs) We're going to watch, uh, we're going to watch, um, fuck, I don't know, The Sopranos on this season of Totally Reprieve. (laughs) I've never seen The Sopranos. Prison Break. We're just oh. gonna watch. We're just gonna watch crime shows. Could totally reprieve, right? And then Ruby. And then Ruby. <laughs> but only the anime Ruby, not Rooster Teeth Ruby, which is not anime. Anime yeah. Janai. Anime Janai. Um. Anyway, is is chapter uh five where um, Eowyn kills the Witch King and. No, that's in the Pelennor Fields. Okay, so. This. What's up? I was going to tell you that this chapter ends with them, like, the Gondor is in sight. But okay. they're not there okay. yet. They're like, because cool. what we were talking about before we started recording, 
was this last section um we there's a, like a recording of tolkien reading this section right okay. where the the rohirrim are like okay we're on the other side of the field and Minas Tirith's over there we could see it we could see how bad shit's going right and then they have to make the decision to like go in yeah i i love these chapters but there's a lot of moving parts and so it's hard to summarize because i don't always know the event the order that events are happening anyway they get to pelinor field which is like outside Minas Tirith, and they're gonna go um help out um uh they get into the battle and Theoden gets fucked up real good um the witch king shows up and is like no man can defeat me and eowyn's like don't worry bro i got you and defeats him um and then she dies and Theoden dies and um uh Aemer is real fucked up and I, sad about I'm, this. I'm, but... I'm taking over. I, I can't abide okay. this anymore. <laughs> Please! I'm in hell! So, I, I... so uh, Theoden rides ahead of all of his men. He is the spearhead of a desperate final charge to do the best they can. He's doing great, just killing motherfuckers left and right until the Witch King shows up, having abandoned his fight with Gandalf at the gate of Minas Tirith. Um because he's more needed here. He lands, that makes the horse panic, which then falls on Theoden, crushing him. He's still alive in this moment. Um, as the Witch King goes to finish him off, uh, Dernhelm shows up with Mary in tow and uh, reveals, uh, while this happens, there's been a bit last chapter where Gandalf's like, the Witch King will meet his fate, but it's not by my hand, uh, because he's got a weird prophecy on him that uh, by uh, no man's hand will he be killed or whatever. Um, and it turns out that it's the combination of Mary stabs him in the leg with his like literally a dagger designed thousands of years ago to fuck up this guy specifically. Um, and then Aowen <laughs> uh, reveals herself because uh, she is no man and stabs him in the head and he vaporizes and is gone. Um, we got one person who's no man, capital M. Yes. And one person who's no man, lowercase M. <laughs> yes. Uh, she is presumed dead because she falls over because of the evil power of killing the Witch King or whatever. Mary's fine. I don't know why. Um, anyway. His arm's fucked Yes. Um, anyway, uh, Aomer comes across uh, his father, or uncle, uncle, just in time to be told, you're the king now. Um, and in his, and he's like, oh, no time to mourn. We have to carry him away and we will continue the fight. But then he sees Eowyn, his sister, and is so distraught that he like does a desperate charge uh, to like, we're just going to fight until we die. Um, and they're, you know, fighting the giant uh, like um, elephants and stuff as the, you know, the whole forces of Sauron are here and all the South men and stuff like that. Um, and as they're in their final charge, they see ships coming up the river uh, which are Corsairs. They think a bunch of pirates can come and reinforce Sauron. But no, it turns out those ships have been uh, commandeered by Aragorn and his squad who have gathered all the men who didn't come the first time and filled the ships after they overthrew the Corsairs or whatever. And now he's here with a bunch of men to support uh, Aomer. And they meet in the middle of the battle, uh, leaning on their swords, exactly as Aragorn had predicted with all of Sauron's forces between them. Um, anyway, as they're carrying the dead bodies back, um, who is it that's like, ah, she still lives. I don't remember who it is even who says that about AO. Oh, uh, it's the guy. It's the, it's, it's the, like the new guy. A Baragont? Just... No. Uh, no, it's, uh, 
Oh man, it's not one of the Rangers, but it's like oh, okay. Anyway, it's a it's a it's definitely a rando who we only met. Yeah, either so they're car- now yeah they're really. carting the two uh, the two uh, presumably dead people back. It turns out Eowyn is like still alive, just barely breathing, and so they send her to go you know go to the the House of Healing. Well, we'll get there next week, I think. So don't worry about it right now. It might be Imrahil. Okay, right. Oh, he's the prince who's like in charge because Gandalf left him in charge. We find out next chapter. He's like, I, I got to go take care of something. You're in charge. Um, when Pippin went and got him. Um, he's like one of the people who was called in last week when they called in all the forces from yeah. around. He's like the it one who brought the most people. Guys. Yeah, he's the one who brought the most people though. Um, anyway, um, so he, so she's not dead. That's great. Uh, and they've, they've fought everyone and they beat uh, back the forces. And that's great. Uh, city's on fire, but rain comes finally with the change of the winds and starts to put out the fires and maybe they can re-marshal the forces. Meanwhile, <laughs> Denethor is having a fucking time ready to, to, to set himself on fire. Baragond has, at Gandalf's urging, or Pippin's urging, um, defending it, like the guys with the torches from coming into the, the, the mausoleum. Um like cutting down his own men, uh, doing a big treason, but he, you know, he believes in it. Um, and Gandalf comes in and, uh, yells at Denethor and like forces him back with the force of will slash magic or whatever. Um, and he's like, no, we can cure Faramir. You can't just give up, uh, because Denethor is in full on despair. And he's like, this is the end of my house and the end of all of men and whatever. Um, and he's like, mm-hmm. you might've taken my son from me, but I'll choose the hour of my passing. Um, Gandalf gives a big speech about how it's not, only only kings of old got to choose the hour of their passing, um, not him. Um, but he's, he's like, ah, I've seen all of your, uh, you know, all the things that are coming and what's going to happen. He reveals that he has been looking into a palantir, which has been here this entire time. And that's why he's been knowing what's going on. And then he sets himself on fire and burns while holding it. And it said forevermore, anyone who looks into it, unless they're very strong, only sees a pair of burning hands, uh, which is a fucked up way to go. Um, and then it, yeah. the fire consumes the entire mausoleum, which collapses on itself and everyone walks out. Um, and Pippin's like, damn, that was rough. And Baragon's and, uh, Baragon is forced to turn himself in or t- Gandalf tasks him to turn himself in. Be like, uh, tell them what happened. And then ask him if you can be put as on Faramir's guard while he's, you know, attend to him while he's in the house of healing. Um, because we need someone to do it. And, uh, that's what he does. And he's like, and then they receive news of what's happened on the field. And he's like, Damn, I could have prevented all of that if I wasn't here trying to save Denethor from his damn foolish ideas. Um, but I think that's the end of the chapter. I read this like yesterday and yes. then read a bunch of other stuff afterwards. So, Yeah. These chapters are really good. Yeah. These chapters are very dense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but they fucking rule. Um, I want to talk about the Nazgul. Okay. Yeah. The description of the fell beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now... <clears throat> And I am revisiting this as an adult. I am fully convinced that it is not the thing that it is in the movie. But Which is it a is a weird an, Drake thing. It is, in fact, a pterodactyl. Mm. Because it is described as being like a beast from out of time, nurtured with foul meats. Yeah. my I could not stop picturing a huge, like, pterodon or something with, like, weird uh, bird like shapes. Okay, and, it, and the way that its head is like all weird and fucked up. That's what I was picturing. This whole the time. the fell beast in in the movie is a fucked up big flying creature. So I don't know. I I, I don't have a big opinion about this one. I'll admit. Uh, I think it's sick every time. Uh, 
obviously this has always been the thing, but I just think it's fucking cool when um they describe, you know, like the witch king is like wearing a crown, but there's no like head, head or anything. Yes. I think that's fucking cool. <laughs> um uh, my thing, Tolkien continues his war on Shakespeare here um, with the no man of woman born being lifted again straight from Macbeth. Specifically, it's always Macbeth he fucking hates uh, because uh, that whole hinges on Macduff is, was torn from his mother's womb, like cut out in like a cesarean section or whatever when she was born. Uh, and that's why he's the one who can meet the prophecy. And again, Tolkien's like, I can do better than that. <laughs> I just envision uh, him like as a child reading uh, Macbeth and being like, man, I don't know. I think this one could, this is kind of mid and just forever like grinding <laughs> that axe. <laughs> I remember people who. Okay. There was a time when there were like people who really liked the movies but hadn't read the books or had only read a little bit of the books mm-hmm. who thought that this idea of Mary and his like. Um, wraith-killing sword. There was, like, this sentiment that th- those details diminished Eowyn's, like, girl bossness. <laughs> <laughs> and so, that's I stupid. remember arguments with people about how, no, that's dumb, that doesn't, that makes it worse. I, I think it's cool <laughs> when the hobbits get to help. I The reason I love these chapters is that I think that Pippin is, like, Suddenly the most heroic character in this whole book. <laughs> Both of the hobbits get to do really big things in, these, and in this chunk. It's it's <clears throat> so good, too, because it's the two hobbits that like I, as the reader, counted out. I was like, oh, well, Frodo and Sam are the two hobbits that matter. Merry mm. and Pippin, they're not going to matter, but they matter, and they're important. And, but like, they don't make speeches like Sam. Yeah, and like... Um, if you can call that a speech, what he said to Shelob. I I just love the way that, um, like, you know, Tolkien is, like, telling you time and again that the hobbits are important, but then he introduces two hobbits that he makes you think aren't going to be important, and so when they these two matter a lot, it feels like a, he's pulling a magic trick, and it's good. <laughs> um, Not that they did nothing during the sack of Isengard, but... But <laughs> it's funny when they feel like more um I understand why they're there for the for the like fucking up Isengard, but it feels like they're sort of observers to like what the the ents were going to do anyway, maybe. Or yeah, maybe they're, they're, they're the they're the Gildenkrantz and Rosenstern, right? Yeah, exactly. Um <clears throat> What if R2 and 3PO were just little guys? <laughs> they are little guys. Then, they are little guys. <laughs> but then, like, what if R2 and 3PO, like, split up and, like, well... That's the prequels. That happens in the prequels. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I intended to say that, but I was like, there's, there's not a good comparison here. <laughs> I mean, the difference here is that, that like, R2 is, like, four hobbits. Mm-hmm. And 3PO is not a hobbit. <laughs> I just, um, I just really enjoyed, like, every, every scene that Pippin has with Denethor as he, like, you know, tries to, like, shake Denethor out of his, um, uh, 
everything that's going on. Also, I just totally did not see the Palantir thing coming, and so I was like, why is Denethor acting like this all of a sudden? I knew that he had a Palantir, but I stand by my argument last time about thinking that Denethor also, in addition to that, had some sort of, like, extrasensory perception. Yeah, it's called a Palantir. (laughs) Outside of that, because this is a fantasy book where people talk to animals... And it was totally fine and normal. Talking to animals is like woodcraft. So I don't know. I don't think that's that special. But it's also fake and not real. (laughs) Yeah, everything about it's fake and not real. (laughs) I'm justified. (laughs) Okay. Um, So the Denethor stuff. I love Denethor. He's my favorite character in Lord of the Rings. It has been since I read these as a book uh, as like a teen. Um, And specifically because I think the way they depict this character who has literally every, like, capacity. In Lord of the Rings, he is, outside of Sauron, the most powerful character we come across. He has all of the Mm -hmm. armies under his banner. He has, like, the wisdom of Gandalf. Uh, He has, like, magical forces locked in his, like, big tower that he can utilize. He has the, the love of his men, which marshal in, like, the thousands. Unfortunately, he just is too fatalistic to carry it through. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's the thing that is like his demise. He just is so bought into the narrative that like he has to be the one who saves everything or nothing will be saved that he the minute that starts to come undone, he just falls apart. He's just like a fragility of like power that I think is like the the final nail in this the like the story of what happens to people who have the capacity to do more um like and Gandalf even says like you know i turned down the ring and it was going to be given to me as a gift and like i know what happens and we see what what would happen to someone like literally here he doesn't even have the ring and the exact same thing happens he just becomes uh a thrall to the the you know his perception of what was inevitable when that like Mm -hmm. goodness is people who carry on despite inevitability um, and I love that about him. I, I love the way that like everything going on with him contrasts against what we saw with Theoden and Wormtongue in like the two towers and like, you know, and Theoden, like when we meet him is largely the same guy, um, and is able to like, you know, reca- reclaim some kingly part of him and like cast off Wormtongue's influence. Whereas like, you know, Denethor just cannot fucking do it. Um, granted, granted, it helps that the that was like another guy next to him, right? And not himself. There's a big difference between <laughs> Wormtongue slash Saruman and <clears throat> I had the fucking orb that put Sauron in my ear. <laughs> but also, I think that this is like kind of who Denethor is, and um, I don't know. I think it's really fucking good. I I it's. All that stuff with Denethor, and then you cut to, like, Theoden's final scenes, and then you cut back to Denethor. I think it just, like, serves to underline, like, the difference between those two characters. But also, I think that, like, I don't know how different Boromir would be in this circumstance 40 years down the line. No. How you mean? I think that's, I think that's true. I I think you're right. I just want you to explain. First of all, imagine, like, your whole deal. Mm Mm-hmm is perpetually being not king yeah but like holding on to it for someone else Mm -hmm. against this thing that is always there has been there for generations Mm -hmm. and this like 
this work is never done. Mm-hmm. And it's been generations and generations of guys just like you facing the same shadow on the horizon forever. Mm-hmm. And after like 80 years, yeah. You're... Yeah. No, I understand why he gets to this place that he's at. Um, I also think it's interesting that, like, you know, obviously we don't see much of him in these chapters because he's wounded and stuff, but, like, Faramir seems to have, like, a belief that, like... Like, Faramir feels a little more incorruptible than, like, Boromir or Denethor are, but also Faramir is, like... I was second in line my whole life. Like, I didn't have to worry about the throne. I had to worry about, you know... My guys. My guys. And so, like, it it makes sense to me that he would be uh, maybe a little less, you know, affected by Sauron's influence in this way. Um, Maybe. Maybe not. But, I mean, obviously, like, you know, um, if Boromir died and Denethor died and Faramir was on the throne, I think he would end up in this position, too. I think it would take longer. He would wait longer to look in the orb, but I think he eventually he would look in the orb. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's how this goes. Yeah. I mean, everyone would look in the orb if they were given the chance. That's what the... That's what the orb is. That's what the orb is. But no, I mean, like, he he would take longer to affect, but I think... Mm-hmm. And he knows that. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know. Um, so it sp- goes. Speaking of the king... Um, uh, I was speaking of those of the elder race. <laughs> I was basically on the verge of tears the moment that Aragorn shows up, and then him and uh, Aemir just throwing down being kings together. I was like about to cry through that whole part. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> um, Aragorn just being like, "Tell me about all the bad shit later. We got people to kill first. <laughs> it's so good." <laughs> I like that the battering ram has a name. Yeah. I thought for a minute that, like, the battering ram was one of the elephants, and then I realized, no, it's a battering ram. No, it's a giant, like, ironclad wolf-like shape. That, yeah, that it's good. Just, like, by being near, it's implied, like, it's driving, like, the trolls that are carrying it, like, mad. Because it's, like, mm-hmm. they like they, they use it, and then, like, they, they keep, go, like, going berserk and, like, falling by the wayside, and then new people have to come in to use it. Because they're just getting destroyed by, like, surrounding this thing. Yeah. It's sick. That stuff's sick. <laughs> it is sick. Also, shout out to Gothmog. <laughs> Nobody cares about Gothmog. <laughs> this is, this is, Autumn doesn't even know. We're just here complaining about shit that will be in the future when we get to the dumbass movie where this is, this is all the stuff where I think Return of the King, the film, just oh, fucking bad, fucking bad. What is Gothmog? I, Gothmog, I told you he's the orc captain. He's the orc captain. They mention oh. him once, but he becomes like a recurring character in the movies because they need a guy for someone to kill, and he sucks. It fucking sucks. They, they also need a guy to like cut to when showing orc stuff happening. Yes. So they make Gothmog into like the personification of that side. Yeah. So when you cut back to see, oh, the orcs are going to do this thing now, you'll cut to Gothmog ordering them to do it. Mm-hmm. And he has a distinctive design, and he like gets a death scene. So I think he's cool. He has a bad. He has a bad distinctive design in that he's special because he's the he's like the elephant man of orcs. Like that's literally the thing. It's like deeply like we're gonna make him look fucked up, even compared to normal orcs. 
And you know oh, what? Oh, I've seen this guy He looks before. a hell of a lot better than the other white orc. Oh, the one from The yeah. Hobbit who's fucking also terrible? Yeah. yeah, that one sucks too. The one that, that looks one, like he's that made one, of yogurt. That one to indicate that he's special, it has a prosthetic arm. Just, like, love the disability stuff. Oh, right. Um, why did, What was I going to say? Yeah, there he is. Pierre Jackson's just a dirty geek. He always has been. He always will be. Just loves to do circus shit. That's just him. That's just who he is. I, I hate looking at this pale orc. I don't even know his name. Azog. Azog. Azog He's mentioned, orc. I think, in The Hobbit. Uh, are you... I... You were reaching for the controls. What's I was on? reaching for the keyboard because I was going to pull up our dominoes order to make sure it's not on its way yet. <laughs> we scheduled it for... I know. <laughs> That's why I was trying to be Loki. Just to double check. You're on DoorDash. You're definitely being Loki right now. That's for sure. You're on the wrong website. Whatever. Let's podcast. Let's not look hey. at this. <laughs> I will say, it's kind of cool that Azog looks like a shark. But that's about all he's got going for him. I guess. We're, we can't talk about the Hobbit movies. They're so bad. I, I'm, I'm probably just not even going to watch those. Who's going to watch them with me? Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> um, Jackson might be the only person to come for all the movies, honestly. Yeah. Um, Nora Jackson podcast. Oh, that reminded me of the thing I was going to say, which is that um, recently on repertory screenings, y'all were watching Excalibur and Nora watched Excalibur. I have not seen it, but you know, we were... You should watch Excalibur. It's talk. fucking wild. You I watch, should. You should watch Excalibur. I should. Uh, I might. Um, Dream. Okay. Anyway, there was talk about how that was maybe going to be a like movie that adapted all three Lord of the Rings books. And when that was first, when y'all first were talking about that, I was like, oh man, there's so much in these books. I don't know how you would do that as one thing. And now reading this book, I'm like, no, maybe you should do these all as one. Because if you give Return of the King its own movie, I, I absolutely see how it becomes just... The fucking Battle of Naboo for three hours. Um, and I don't really want to watch this. I don't this. think it's fair to call it the Battle of Naboo. <laughs> but I understand how that happens. Um, and <laughs> um, I don't really want to watch that. 263 minutes. That's four hours and change. No. Yes. Yeah. The thing is, there's really good stuff in Return of the King, the film, just up against really bad stuff in Return of the King, the film. I, it's weird. Like, I do think that um, those movies are some of my favorite movies of all time. And also, this book is sick. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is true. I feel like this book single-handedly made me like a classics weirdo. Um because I read, I was like someone who just kind of read like Star Trek books and Dune or whatever. And then from this, I like read a bunch of like Arthurian myth and like divine comedy. And uh, it's all Tolkien's mm. fault. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he'd be happy to hear yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, yeah, I, I have opinions about Beowulf because of you, motherfucker. And be like, good. <laughs> Someday I'll finish Beowulf. I really want to. It's not like I don't know the story. Mm-hmm. I should read. I saw that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. 
I should read um, The Once and Future King. That's like the Arthurian thing that I really want to read. I have not Me read too, that. That doesn't count as that doesn't count as like classical Arthuriana. That's a that's a book from last century. Yeah, but it I didn't know as... that until like a week or two ago though. Okay. <laughs> but it's it is of a of an age with like the other stuff I've been reading. Uh-huh. Um but I I want to read that, but I wanted I gotta decide which version to read. Because mean? if you just buy the book called Once and Future King, that's a compilation of several smaller novels mm. that have been changed and edited. Oh, really? Uh, I've not so read it. So yeah, I there's done this. the original versions that came out were different and had different. Some scenes were different. Oh, okay. And then the the compilation I think came out in the eighties. Um, is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Not like radically, but mostly early on, some stuff got changed. Um, so I used to own a copy of. Uh, Once a Future King, which I bought because I liked Lord of the Rings, and then I never got into it because I uh, thought it was too hard. I read the first chapter and thought it was a little too British. Um, Man, let me I tell you about Lord of the Rings. The rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> I, I remember thinking that and being like, this is an absurd thing to think about an King Arthur book while I also have a Lord of the Rings podcast, but there I was thinking, this is too British I for think me. the big thing that turned me off of Once a Future King when I was a kid is the is that I think Arthur starts out as a kid in that uh, telling, and I just wasn't interested in Arthur not as a king. Isn't the whole thing that he moves forward in time and uh, and Merlin moves backwards through time? I don't know. Okay. Uh, that's a Doctor Who thing. I'm pretty sure that's the, the conceit of the Once and Future King. It's also like the romance that happens in Doctor Who. I know what it is. <laughs> um. Anyway, I don't know how much more I have to say about these chapters. I really fucking liked them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're good. Yeah, they're really good. Gandalf shoots laser beams at the Nazgul a couple times. <laughs> uh, that's true. He, he does, does it with that. that. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was a fireball. Well, yeah, but what? once again, cannot be stressed enough, I was just laying on the love seat, like, listening to these books, playing Picross 3D. I was having a great time. I was living, but, like... I think I could be forgiven for, like, losing some details in there. <laughs> um, next time, we are finishing book one yeah. of Return of the King. Three more chapters. Also, also known as book five. Of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, and then book six gonna be real easy three 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 chapters each mm-hmm. yeah we got to figure out what we're doing about the uh appendices i was about to ask because I, I double checked our schedule a while back and i, I didn't like, put oh, them on yeah appendices, but yeah i i do have one idea okay which is that we have three episodes of book six mm-hmm. and there are six appendices so we could tackle two appendices per episode no, and fin- close them out. We um, really need to finish the Return of the King before we tackle the appendices. Okay. 
because they talk explicitly about what happens to most of the characters after the end of Return of the King. Hmm. <coughs> well, then maybe they overlap with uh, Silmarillion, yeah. which I'm very excited to get to. Uh, me too. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I cannot believe I am this person, but I am excited to read the Silmarillion. <laughs> when a book's good, the book's good. I just, um, I'm just telling you that, like, if you had asked me to, if you had told me two years ago, someday you will be excited to read the Silmarillion, I would have said, fuck off. Then you would have looked over at me and been like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've always wanted to be a person who has read the Silmarillion, and I'm glad that now I have an excuse to force myself to do it. Yeah. And hopefully, it'll just be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. There's lots of stuff that I want to do, and then I don't do it. That's why we're playing Marathon for Journal Updated. <laughs> I'm excited to hear about that, because I don't know anything about that game. I think it's pretty cool. I guess but we're in plugs. You're describing the 3D. Plugs? Yeah. yeah, plug Journal Updated. And all your other podcasts. You can find Journal Updated at the thesecondbestgame.club. Sure can. It's a podcast where Molly and I play video games and talk about them. Uh, we're playing ma Marathon this month, and uh, I think it's cool. Molly doesn't like it, um, I think, so far. Uh, it's very old and weird. There's no pause button. If you hit the escape, Dark Souls. If you hit the escape key, you go to the main menu. Hmm. And it doesn't checkpoint you. You have to find save points. I mean, that's just of the era. Checkpointing is not. That's a relatively modern idea in video games. I mean, like, start of the level type thing. Yeah, I know. Um, you can also listen to other podcasts I do at where you found this podcast. At exportodd.io. For money, you can hear the podcast a week early. You might, in fact, be moving opposite through time and be able to tell the listeners who don't pay for the podcast things about the future. Meow, meow. That's right. Donating to our Patreon gives you time travel powers. M, plug your stuff. Uh, Jackson's not here today. He can be found at HeadFallsOff on Twitter. I am at EM underscore being. We do a bunch of podcasts at neuralmapping.com. You should listen to Abnormal Mapping at thebestgame.club, where we uh, just had an episode on Fate Stay Night. Uh, me and my friend Kim did that. That was a lot. Um, and we're about to do an episode on some uh, Sonic Game Gear games that I'm really excited to talk about. One of them is mid, and one of them is really good. Um, you might be surprised. You're not playing Sonic Pocket Adventure? No. Damn. Um, that one fucking whips. Anyway, that that's it. That's it for us. You can find me on Twitter at Atomal underscore coffee. You can find all my podcasts at exportodd.io. That takes you to the Patreon page where we have links to all the free feeds where you can give us a dollar a month, get time travel powers like Nora said, give us $5 a month, get Pop Town Funk, which will be coming out <clears throat> the day after um, this podcast does, if all goes as planned, which uh, it didn't last week, but, you know, hopefully it'll go as planned this week. We'll see. Um... Anything else? Anything else? Anything else? We don't change the schedule when it's late. So if it's late by week, that just means you'll get two of them like pretty close to each other. And if we're really late, you're just, we're just going to keep going until we catch up. We're not going to 
adjust the spacing. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Anyway. Look forward to hearing about Conan O'Brien. Look forward to hearing about Conan O'Brien. I'm more of a Red Sonja person myself, but... Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I would watch Red Sonja right now. I did, um... I was on the Goodreads page to rate the first volume of Berserk. Yeah. And I noticed there was, like, a... Because, like, Goodreads lets you ask questions about the book, and the first question on the first volume of Berserk is, like, if I like Conan the Barbarian, would I like Berserk? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe? Maybe. They're very different. They're really and I different. I don't mean... I, the, the person who is reading... Because it's Goodreads, right? It's yeah. It's not, not a comic, and it's not like the movies. It's like reading the story. It might be people reading the comic. People go on Goodreads to write comics all the time. Well, so it might be people being like, oh yeah, I really like the Roy Thomas 70s Conan comics. Or worse, I like new Conan comics. <laughs> it's just such a... No, I Conan. Think... Conan's not doing new uh, comic sets. He's off the air. Shut the fuck <laughs> up! <laughs> just the... Go, even from comic Conan to Berserk, like, just... That's such a different mode. Uh-huh. But maybe. My galaxy maybe. brain opinion is that... Um, Berserk is lifting mostly from uh, Hollywood horror movies and nothing to do with like Hollywood American comics. Uh, Berserk is just Ash from Evil Dead, but as like a big man. So far, I'm just reading it as a fantasy novel. Okay, yeah. I'm just like, oh, this is just like my Brandon Sanderson books I like, or my Tolkien books. Guts I like, is just ready my... to fight all the deadites. Like that's just his thing. That's true. What does that mean? That is his thing. <laughs> What's a deadite? Dorn, deadites God. are the, the monsters in Evil Dead, the demons. They're called deadites. You never seen Evil Dead? I saw part of Evil Dead. You never seen Evil Dead 2? No. Oh. I never finished Evil Dead. Oh. It's just a remake. Don't worry about it. And it's not just a remake. Evil Dead's better, but I, Evil Dead 2 is I mean, Evil Dead is better, but like Evil Dead 2 is just a remake of Evil Dead. I found Evil mind. Dead kind of boring, so I stopped watching. It's Shut one the of the best up. horror movies you ever made. Evil Dead was yeah. boring? We can't do this. We have to finish the podcast. I have to go <laughs> fix my other podcast that was broken. Okay. Goodbye. Thank you. Nora, Goodbye. say the thing. Bye. Uh... Read for Ruin and the Red Dawn, which is not a quote from this section. No. I think that's the movie version. I kept thinking it was going to happen. Uh, me too, but I think we talked about this already. I think um, it's the movie version. Aomer says something really close to it, but... Yes. Yeah. It's like parceled up between Theoden yes. and Aomer. A- yeah. 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 All right. Anyway, uh, pretend that I am now screeching and fading into the wind. <laughs>